Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Irvin Nugent about emotional intelligence and emotional triggers in the workplace. Irvin Nugent, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Jonathan, thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, I'm excited for our conversation today. We're going to be focusing on a topic that I really love. You do a lot of work in the emotional intelligence space. And so we're going to be focusing on that and talking about managing our emotional triggers at work and how to have more emotional intelligence in the workplace. Um, as we get started, I just wanted to share... Uh, Irvin's bio with everybody. Irvin Nugent possesses 15 plus years in senior leadership roles in organizations of various sizes, stages of growth, and different sectors. He understands challenging business environments and has worked extensively with executive leaders and emerging leaders, helping them reach the next level. Irvin specializes in helping leaders expand their emotional and nonverbal intelligence so that they are better able to connect, influence, and assess credibility. Drawing, drawing on his extensive experience as an executive coach and trainer, he understands that leaders are most effective when they are able to read the emotions of themselves and others in any given situation, as well as assess the credibility of the people in high stakes scenarios. Born in Northern Ireland, Irvin brings to his practice a rich and varied experience. Growing up in a society torn apart by division and violence, he has seen firsthand the damage done when communication breaks and communication uh, breaks down and people fail to listen and understand. He is passionate about empowering leaders with the tools to build trust, make deeper connections, and communicate more effectively. Dr. Nugent is honored to be the only certified Paul Ekman international trainer in the USA and offers a wide range of workshops in the areas of emotional intelligence, nonverbal communication, executive presence, and lie detection, which are based on the practical application of scientific research. He's a graduate of the executive coaching program from Georgetown University and is an ICF certified professional certification coach and an ATD credentialed master trainer. He is the author of the book, Leadership Lessons from the Pub. I love it. I love everything about your background and your bio and uh, really interesting as well uh, with your, your origins in Ireland um, and, and the geopolitical um, conflict there, uh, which which is super interesting as well, and just adds a little bit of extra um, depth, I think, to to what you bring to the table for these types of discussions. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, anything else you would like to share with listeners by background or personal context before we launch on in? No, not really. I mean, I think one of the things I would just say, you, you touched upon it there. I think because of my background, I think it placed in my heart, I, just a desire, why I'm fascinated with emotions is that I've seen what emotions, uh, how they can tear apart relationships, how it can lead ultimately to violence. 
And it's placed in my heart just a really desire that, that as human beings, we can do better. And we can do better with each other and we can certainly do better in the workplace. Yeah, I, I think that's wonderful. And I've read some really good books about um, the, the history um, of Northern Ireland and, and the conflict there. Um, a recent one, I don't know if you've seen this book, the all, what's it called? The wall, all the walls in Belfast or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, great book. Uh, anyways, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a wonderful thing to explore for anyone listening who may not be terribly familiar uh, with, with the background, the history there. Well, Irvin, it, uh, again, as we start with talking about this topic of emotional intelligence, uh, while I think most listeners at least have heard that term and they kind of loosely understand what it means, we, it, it's, it's part of the common vernacular, I think, in businesses today, yet I, I still think a lot of people have some confusion about what emotional intelligence actually is, as opposed to just you know, throwing out the term. Um, so maybe we can start there, uh, start by describing and explaining for us a little bit what it actually is, what it means, um, why it's important in the workplace, and then we can go from there. Yeah, great question. And actually, you know, um, there is confusion because it, it's a catch-all term. It's, it's not, it's often compared to IQ, but IQ is a very precise term. Emotional intelligence tends to encompass a lot. The way I like to explain it is, is a person who has got high emotional intelligence is able to do four things very well. One, they're able to be very self-reflected and self-aware. They know what's happening in them, themselves any given moment, what emotions they're having, their triggers. Then they have a set of tools to manage those emotions, that's the self-regulation. The third part is they're able to read other people, pick up the signs of other people, have empathy to make connections to other people. And then finally, they put that all together and being able to manage relationships to have the best possible outcome depending on the situation. And just looking at all of that, it's critical in the workplace because, you know, the workplace is revolved around human relationships. And to the extent that we are able to manage those relationships um, makes is a make or break for leadership and managers and, and how they bring people around them and how they motivate people and, and, uh, and really successful outcomes. You, you describe that really well um, in in really practical way. I think that we can we can observe both within ourselves and those around us in our teams. Um, you know, and we, we can think about our our effectiveness in self monitoring, our our emotional intelligence, and the emotional triggers that that we have. If if we're aware of them, then we can manage them a little bit better. Um, we we can uh, we can cope perhaps a little bit better. And like you mentioned a few minutes ago, ultimately it, that I think emotional intelligence is, is one of the keys to uh, effective, uh, sustainable and, you know, thoughtful relationships. And it, leadership is all about relationships. It's about influence and influence happens through relationships. It happens mm -hmm. through building trust with people. Uh, and I've said this before on the podcast, I'll say it again, some of the dumbest people I know are the most brilliant people, um, really high, crazy high IQs, genius individuals. Their emotional intelligence is really low though. And so in practicality, their ability to get things done, their ability to accomplish stuff and to work with people in teams collaboratively in organizations is really low. And and so it, it's a problem. Like we, we need, of course we want competent, you know, capable people who are intelligent. So IQ is important um, and skill and competencies are important, 
but the, the, the emotional intelligence piece is just so vital. And without it, um, you know, so much of what an organization is trying to accomplish is going to come to a complete standstill. Absolutely. And it's, it's the difference, you know, I always say the way I like to explain in very practical terms, it's the difference of someone walking into a meeting, getting triggered in that meeting, um, beginning to react or to uh, in a way that they're not even aware of and, and shut the meeting down or say something that shuts another person down. And the other person who's able to go in, feel the tension in the room, know it's going to be a difficult meeting, know that there's someone there that presses all their buttons and is ready for it and is able to be a little more proactive and thoughtful in the response. You know, that's the difference. And that creates a totally different outcome. Yeah. And as you were describing that, I was thinking of just a couple of weeks ago, a, a personal feeling I had <laughs> in a meeting. And it was exactly like you were describing. I knew, I knew going into the meeting that there's a particular individual who could push my buttons yeah. and I knew what I needed to do. I knew that it would be a problem if I, if I um, gave into that, right. And gave them what they wanted. And I did really well for like 90% of the meeting and it, they, I just got worn down. And by the end, I, I ended up saying something I shouldn't have said, which is exactly what they were trying to get me to do. And, you know, it derailed the meeting. Right. And then all of a sudden, then I have to do damage control yeah. instead of actually being uh, productive and really trying to accomplish what we wanted to do. And, you know, th that's, that's what we're dealing with in, in organizations. Now, in this case, there really was someone I think um, who was, purposely trying yeah. to push my buttons yeah. that doesn't always happen no. right yeah no um, and off most of the time it doesn't yeah. uh, most of the time people are doing the best they can and, and inadvertently they don't even realize they're pushing your buttons in this case i think that was actually happening um but i still should have known better and i still should have been able to to uh monitor better and, and control myself a little bit better um that said we find ourselves in those situations all the time and and people people will say things without even knowing that they're triggering us Absolutely. yet the trick the trigger happens we feel the emotion the emotion is real whether our perception of the reality around us is completely accurate or not it doesn't really matter because we're feeling the emotion so then the question is what are we doing with it Absolutely. Yeah. I like, there's a term I like to use, Jonathan. It's, it's that we have a fingerprint and we know that our fingerprints are unique. We also have a trigger print and everyone's trigger print is unique. Some of it is the same, you know, depending on evolution um, to, to some things, but most of it's through our experience. It's through growing up, et cetera. And we have no idea of what another person's trigger print is. And we can have this throwaway comment. We can say something sarcastic and all of a sudden without us even knowing this person is in a, in a spiral downwards, you know, and they, we've either shut them down or we've made them aggressive, et cetera. So, you know, the ability to, to first of all, be aware that that's happening to us in the moment, but then also just from the other perspective of sometimes we're kind of mystified is where is that coming from? Like, like what's that? That's, that's a very heavy or, or, or energetic response. And I'm not sure why that happened. And, and often it's, it's there. It's like, oh, so something I said, you know, and, and maybe it not be the, it may not be the direct result or intention, but that's what it's caused. Yeah, and I and I think that's why we just need to be generous with each other and and quick to forgive, generous with our assumptions and our interpretations, and and quick to seek forgiveness, right? Um, and to apologize. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it always blows my mind when I see leaders who I you know there, there's definitely a mentality amongst some leaders that they can't admit fault, that they can't they can't apologize. Yeah. And I don't get that. I. Yeah. I I understand that if I apologize to somebody that there are people that might try to use that to ex and exploit that perceived weakness 
in some way, it, that can happen. But the vast majority of people are going to very much appreciate your authentic caring, your authentic contrition and your desire. Like nobody, well, most people don't expect perfection. They don't expect you to do everything right. They understand that things are going to happen. Um, you're going to mess up. Everyone has uh, setbacks and mistakes and everyone has to iterate and learn and grow. The question is, can we provide the space for that to happen for ourselves, yeah. for our team? And that, that takes a high level of emotional intelligence to be able to do that and to feel yeah. confident and secure enough in yourself and in your people so that there can be a psychologically safe space Mm -hmm. to have those kind of conversations, to be vulnerable with each other uh, without someone feeling like they're going to be retaliated against or, you know, have, have their perceived weakness exploited in some way. Absolutely. And, and even more so that the leader sets the tone, because what we know clearly from research is, is when a leader sets the tone, it's so like, it sows an emotional contagion around the room and around the organization. And if a leader is defensive, if a leader is shutting down conversations because they feel attacked, that's going to feed and ripple throughout the whole organization. And if a leader, like you say, can be a little more magnanimous, can, can, can apologize, can be open, can be vulnerable. And you know, by vulnerable, we're not even talking about your deepest darkest secrets we're just talking about the reality is look i got that wrong or i need help i mean that's one of the the most vulnerable statements you can say in the modern workplace because people feel if they say that that something's wrong they may get fired or something you know as simple as that and then just one other thing i would say about emotions as well is uh, for a leader to be curious there's i always say there's a mindset a curiosity human beings are complex and as much as we strive to understand, there always will be a peeling off the onion. And so I think a curiosity around that, and then also just a humility that, you know, at times uh, we're going to have our bad days. I mean, John, when you were talking about that situation, you did so well. And at the end, you just said something, you know, if we wake up and we're grumpy, if we wake up and we're tired and we're hungry, you know, it, we, we do, we say things and it's just to have the humility to say, you know, I'm not perfect. And, and I messed up and I said something and I did my best, but there we go. And that's just how I feel today. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life.
so let's talk a little bit about hidden emotions. So mm. the, the triggers are often hidden. We can't, we don't know what they are. You, you talked about the, the, the emotional trigger mm. fingerprint. Yep. So we have these, these hidden triggers. We have hidden emotions. People can be stoic. They can have, you know, a, a poker face and not, tr you know, try to, to, to give, give up, you know, what they're actually feeling, especially if they feel like, you know, that vulnerable, being vulnerable in that way could hurt them in some way. Um, how, how do you approach that? Like, how, how would you suggest when you're coaching uh, with leaders? Because I think high emotional intelligence, you know, requires self-understanding, self-regulation also requires understanding of others and our ability to be able to read the room, you know, feel the energy in the space, understand what's happening um, is really important, but it, it can be hard uh, to, to always understand what's happening what where and where the energy is coming from yeah. so i mean I, i'd split that question into two parts one is the individual so the, the biologically what we know about emotions is that we have a physiological reaction to a stimulus uh, which is an emotion and we that happens before we are consciously aware and because of that what happens is sometimes emotions will slip out in our face and there are seven universal emotions, which research has found to be consistent, no matter who it is, where they are, their culture, um, their gender, et cetera. And uh, it's just, it's, it's biology. So basically by the time we have become aware and said, oh, I don't wanna show that I'm angry. That's already what I say is leaked out and we can be trained to recognize that. And that's kind of uh, hiding some of those uh, uh, suppressed emotions. They, they, they leak out. I always say the truth always leaks out and how we feel. And so if we're astute enough and trained enough to pick that up, it becomes data. Not that we're going to say, oh, look, I just saw that you're angry, but just something like, that's interesting. So something I just said has, has, has created an emotion of anger or fear or surprise. Let me explore this a little bit more. And that's where it becomes, because you see a leader at their best is able to, to read this data and then to ask some really powerful questions. This, using this data then to really get to the heart of what's happened. And then the second one is more in a global, like kind of the room, that energy. And, and it is, it's, it's this ability to realize that we have to take a little time to match the energy in the room. And so, you know, you know if, if you can feel there's a tension in the room and you go in and you're like all upbeat, et cetera, it's, it's gonna be a fail. There's a disconnect of energy. And, and, and what really good leaders and emotionally intelligent people can do is to, um, okay, I need to start at this level and then maybe I need to re raise the energy. And sometimes that comes from cracking a joke, which is a very sophisticated, emotionally intelligent thing to do, which, which is able to kind of have people release and relax a little bit and then recalibrate and start again. So these, these are the, the, the really the nuances we're talking about that can really be powerful as a leader. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's excellent. And that leakage, as you described it, um, you know, I, I've seen that a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, know, you, you can't, you can't make too many assumptions um, based on on little small points of leakage, but it can be informative. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I think bottom line is, and it's not about me being able to manipulate people, mm -hmm. 
um, right? I, I like I, I try to be super observant so I can understand where people are coming from, so I understand, you know, how I can push their buttons and what their pain points are and get get them to whatever I want, you know, and manipulate them in that way. That's not what we're talking about. Um, and so if, if we're taking a, a compassionate approach um, to emotional intelligence, what we're talking about is understanding people so you know how to better support them, right? Yeah. So you know how, how to be there for them. You understand what's, at least to an extent, what's kind of going on with them, uh, especially if they're not sharing verbally, so that you can probe and, um, you know, in appropriate ways, you can ask uh, questions to help understand better what's going on and how you can help them, right? And ultimately, uh, that I think that's a huge part of what leadership is about and building that trust in those relationships uh, over time. Now, oh, go ahead. No, I was just yeah. What you're really looking for is a win-win-win. You, you know, so basically, yeah. you're able to read them. You're able to to use yourself, and then also for the organization, cut through so much of the delay which happens when we 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 don't we miss these important data sets, which can be so informative. Yeah, yeah. So something else I wanted to talk about briefly: um, your book leadership lessons from the pub. I'm intrigued mm. by that. I haven't had a chance to read your book yet, um, but tell us a little bit more about um, the premise of the book and why you feel like um, the pub is important to leadership. Like what's the core principle there that's important for us to take away? Yeah. So I grew up in a pub in Northern Ireland. That's where I grew up. I lived above it. And um, as I went through many years of coaching, a, re a constant refrain from leaders was um, engagement people are leaving. Um, there's something happening. People just don't belong. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, here's this institution, which has hundreds of years and people voluntarily go there. Um, they create a, a special type of community where people feel uh, um, that they don't have to be perfect people. They go with what I say, their warts and, and people are happy discussing failures. And so there's, there's psychological safety there. Things that we now know are critical for the workplace where people really want to belong. And so for me then, this, this, this was a powerful place to, to observe. And then also what's the dynamics that's happening here and what are some of the lessons for leadership? Yeah, and, and so well, I, I, I think that's a really interesting take on, on the history of, of pubs. Um, and so what are some of those lessons for leadership? Obviously the psychological safety piece, um, that people can, can be their authentic self. Uh, they can be their whole self, um, yeah. when they go to the pub, hopefully they can yeah. do that in the workplace. What are some of those other pieces that, that you, uh, detail out in your book? Yeah. So just from the very point, the critical role of the owner or the barman or bar woman that they set the tone and that tone permeates. So again, leader, leaders do that. And that we know the power of emotional contagion and, and how our emotions spread through. The centrality of story and how story creates an emotional connection among people. And I think at times in the workplace, we forget about the power of story and how um, story can emotionally connect us with other. In many ways, we want to inspire people. We want to give them a vision, et cetera. Or, and really what we tend to do is throw a data dump at them mm -hmm. and hear the quarterly figures. Whereas if we use a well-placed story, that can connect with people in a powerful way. Um, how conflict, and conflict is a part of life. And each of us has 
has what I call a conflict story. And either we're, we're, it's something we move towards and move away. And yet in life, we, we have to know that story. And then we have to be able to nuance in that. In a pub, you know, their arguments are there and people have to learn to be able to, 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 to agree, to disagree, and, and therefore, you know, to be friendly after that. So they're just some of the ones that, that, that pop out to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's excellent. And certainly, you know, I, I would love to always be in a, a workplace where we just, we're like family. Uh, that doesn't mean we have to spend all of our time together. That doesn't mean we have to tell everyone every last little secret of our lives, but where we feel genuinely safe with each other, we feel that we can be vulnerable, that we can, we genuinely care for each other, that we can be supportive of each other and that we can do great things together. And, and I think that's the kind of dynamic workplace environment that people talk about that they want yet so often we, we find ourselves in toxic work environments in unhealthy work environments, psychologically unsafe work environments. And perhaps we feel like, you know, we, we can't do any better or, you know, uh, that there's nothing we can do about it. And, and, and I think there is something we can do about it. We, as leaders, anyone listening to this, this episode, you know, we can choose how we're going to set the tone for our people. We can decide um, what we're going to model for our people. And even if we can't influence the broader organizational culture, we absolutely can influence, you know, within our little sphere of influence, we can, we can influence our team uh, and our area, and we can create a really dynamic, healthy, safe culture there, just like the pub owner would in a pub. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, John. You know, very often I'll get the refrain back. You know, people think, well, we have to change everything. We have to change the whole organization, and nothing can change because my boss doesn't get it. And I always say, well, well, okay, that's a reality that that we can't change. But what can you change? You know, so often we we go to things that we are powerless over, and yet there is so much, especially with emotions, that we can change and that we have influence over and and it's amazing you know when we use that how we can actually change the circle that we're part of yeah beautiful well Irvin, it has been a real pleasure talking with you the time has flown by uh we're we're just about out of time but before we close i wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you find out more about your book uh where to find it and find out more about your organization and then give us the last word on the topic for today yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, simply my name, you can go type it in. It's my website, urbannugent.com. I also uh, create a free YouTube um, educational video every week, every Wednesday. So you can find me on YouTube as well. And all the information on the book and the training is part of that. And, uh, and LinkedIn, finally, just reach out and, and link in with me. And uh, I would be delighted to begin a new conversation. And I think my last uh, thought for the day would be, um, you know, as human beings, every day we get an invitation. And so often it is an invitation to build a bridge or a wall. And the more, more, the more uh, bridges that we can build, um, the better we'll be in our lives, in our home lives and in our work lives. Well said, well said. Thank you, Irvin. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what he can do for you. Check out his book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.
we are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.